up, everybody? You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Wake up, world. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. As you all heard in the opener, we are officially a part of ThatCast Network. Any of you out there that want to hear a great lineup of local podcasts here in the Portland area, be sure to go to thatcast.com. Um, you can see us there. You can see many other very, very good podcasts there um, that are based here out of the region. So be sure to go check out the network. Be sure to subscribe, rate, all that good stuff, and continue to support this podcast. We're here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, as you all may know. Um, I have D-Boy alongside me today. What's going on, D-Boy? What up, world? What's good? Nothing much. So, um... Our whole lot. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that that too. So um, today, as I was being studious and trying to figure out what it was that we were going to dissect here on the podcast, um, you had NBA Media Day. Um, obviously, the NFL is in full effect. You have Monday Night Football tonight. Um, and it's just a lot going on in the culture. Um, I was sitting there trying to figure it out, and I ran across the list. And when I ran across this list, I had to pause for a minute. I had to take a stop because the list was who are the top athlete endorsers in the world right now. I thought I was I thought that was interesting. Obviously, we all love money. We all love <laughs> money it. talks, all that good stuff. We can sit here and make and tell you all kind of quotes all day as far as money is concerned. But seeing this list definitely opened my eyes a bit. And it was the top 15 endorsed athletes in the world. And there were a few things that popped out at me. You had players of the likes of Roger Federer, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, Steph Curry, Tiger Woods. The list goes on. I'm not going to sit here and run down the entire list. But just to name a few, they were all there. Right. But something caught my interest because, as I mentioned, we are in full effect with the NFL. Um, with NBA Media Day happening today, I saw and I noticed a few things. First thing I noticed, not one NFL in the top 15 list. Ooh. Not one. Tell me this. When you say you were surprised by the list, are you admitting that it's definitely way different than you would have guessed? I just want to know, is it far off what you would have guessed before we go further? Um, there were there were a lot of athletes on there that I pretty much would have knew have been on there. As far as the order, I might have got some things wrong. If if I would have just okay, had so off being the top more direct for the first points you make, are you surprised that it's no NFL player in the top fifteen? Not only am I surprised that it's no NFL player in the top fifteen, I'm surprised that out of the four major American sports. Now, mind you, this was. A global thing. This list was global, so right. it wasn't based on American sports. Okay. But our world, for the most part, is American sports. We're in America. But to see that there were not only no NFL players on there, there were no Major League Baseball players. Wow. And there also wasn't any, uh, any NHL players. So who was on there? <laughs> uh, tennis, golf. A lot of basketball? A, a few basketball. You had some basketball guys. Soccer, obviously, being the prominent sport that it is. But it was a lot of tennis and golf guys because I think it has more so to do with them being individual sports rather than team sports. I think that matters a whole lot as far as marketability mm. is concerned. 
that's what was on the list. It was Baseball one cricket surprised guy. me even more than football for some reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of, but not really, because baseball has been not doing so great at marketing itself right, as right. a sport. But just with them getting paid so much, you just associated with the transition of money. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I mean, I mean, I think baseball was baseball checks is fatter the, than anything. They they are they are pretty fat, but I think we're starting <laughs> to see a rise in these NBA basketball. And, in these, yeah, and, I know. and even now NFL, I mean, players are having to fight their way to get some yeah. big paydays. And in the Khalil NFL. Mack just broke a record, didn't he? We saw what Khalil Mack just did. Yeah. Aaron Donald got a big check. Todd Gurley got a big paycheck. Le'Veon Bell is not playing a game right now because he's fighting for a big paycheck. So Damn. we're seeing the fight happen more so in the NFL. And the NBA guys are getting paid, though. But um, it caught my interest, like I said. Not too many American sport athletes on there. Definitely none from MLB, NFL, and NHL. Um, and it made me think a little bit. You know, I like to sometimes keep things Portland-centric. But because this list was about endorsed athletes... It made me think about the endorsement deal that the Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers, inked last week. Okay. And that they announced last week. Right. And Which is big. Which is big. Huge. Which is huge. The Portland Trailblazers have an endorsement deal with BioFreeze now. So in the NBA, we're starting to see these patches of these companies and these corporations that are endorsing these teams. And BioFreeze will be the official patch on the Trailblazers jerseys this year. But that wasn't the part that necessarily caught my attention. The part that caught my attention was that BioFreeze also inked the deal with Damian Lillard. Individually. Individually. Hmm. So not only do they have the deal with the Trailblazers organization, they also have this deal with Damian Lillard. And what do you think is the ultimate point of that? With Damian Lillard being a part of the Blazers, why did they need to do that individually with Damian? Well, I think what it is is in the NBA now, we're starting to see, as we mentioned, with these guys making a lot more money, with these guys having the platforms that they have, having the voices that they have, we're starting to see the NBA conduct business from more of a partnership standpoint rather than owner-player or rather than executive-athlete. Okay. Basically, what I'm saying is is now that the Blazers, for one, they want a commitment, I believe, out of Damian Lillard, first and foremost. So if the Blazers use its platform as an organization to endorse the same thing that Damian Lillard is using his platform to endorse, it ultimately goes hand in hand. And I, I believe that they both make more money because you're going to see that logo every time you watch the Trailblazers play, whether it's on national TV or NBC Sports, you name it, you're going to see that logo Obviously, Damian Lillard has solidified himself as a bona fide all-star in this league, so he's going to use his platform to also push this biofreeze movement. So now, ultimately, it's kind of like cross-promotion. Shows that Dame got a lot of weight. Absolutely. It's kind of like cross-promotion. But I think it's interesting because even if you look back to when LeBron James initially joined the Lakers, the first time he spoke after joining the Los Angeles Lakers, when he was asked why it was that he wanted to join, and one thing that he said was the fact that I grew up idolizing Magic Johnson, who's the GM for the Lakers. Right. Being able to now partner with him was a huge deal for LeBron. And a lot of people caught the fact that LeBron said, Partner. I'm partnering with Magic Johnson. Yeah. Not that I'm playing for Magic Johnson or I'm playing under Magic Johnson or that he's yeah. my boss now. Yeah. I'm partnering with him. 
And I think that in speaks, many ways, in many ways. And I think that speaks volumes for why the NBA is having the success that it's having amongst American sports. I think it speaks volumes as why we see the Steph Curry's, why we see the LeBron James, why we see the Kevin Durant's on that top uh, 15 list of athletes being endorsed because the NBA is now conducting business with its athletes in a way that not only gives its athletes a bigger platform, but its athletes are happy to do more for the league. We're not quite seeing that in the NFL. Quite frankly, in the NFL, you had Vontae Davis last week retire in the middle of the game. Oh, now, now, am I sitting here and endorsing him retiring during the middle of a game? Absolutely, Absolutely not, not, because no. I wouldn't do it. No, I do think that there's a quitter's aspect to that. But from his perspective, is hey, obviously we know how physical the sport is, but I don't think that the sport is doing enough for him, for him to feel like he had to be loyal to the NFL in that moment. Right. When you look at these guys like Damian Lillard now it's signing this deal, yeah, yeah. it's loyalty to that. Money talks, gotcha. you're at least acting as if you care. Gotcha. And you're you're showing it by spending money with them. Point so, taken. So with that... I think that's why you're seeing these differences. You're seeing so you're hearing all these stories about athletes retiring early in the NFL. In the NBA, you got guys announcing that it's going to be their last year and they're doing retirement tours. Kobe Bryant, we saw do a tour for his a farewell tour he for his the best ever season. though, but yeah, Absolutely. I get you. Absolutely. Same goes with Dwayne Wade. He's doing a farewell tour. We're seeing these guys wanting to play into their 40s because I think outside of just the sport, the opportunity that it's creating for these I'm athletes in the D-Wade. NBA. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I'm going to miss D-Wade as That's well. Crazy. He's special talent, special talent. That's crazy. But outside of what the sport offers, just on the court and just from a basketball perspective, the opportunities that the sport is creating for these athletes in the NBA based on how these execs in the NBA are working with these athletes, it's creating more of a loyalty between the two. I got you. So, so, yeah, I think that was creative. I think it was somewhat innovative by the Trailblazers to sign Damian Lillard. I mean, not sign Damian Lillard, excuse me, but to endorse or be endorsed by BioFreeze and Damian Lillard also way. doing the yeah. same. It was kind of an indirect partnership there between the two. And I think there's some loyalty. There's a, Dame's already a loyal dude. He's been rocking with Rip City. But now he has even more of a reason to decide to stay here in this small market instead of going to a L.A., even if he does get frustrated because the Blazers got swept 4-0 in the playoffs last year or because not enough big-time athletes want to come play here in Portland. Right. These are the things and these are the business moves that can ultimately create the change that Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard is looking for here. Let's do it then. So, Go yeah. Rip City, huh? <laughs> Go Rip City. So, up next, I want to dig into LeBron James a little bit more because – uh, some of you may or may not know, but uh, he's going to be the star of the new Space Jam. That is huge. He'll clap, be- clap, clap, <laughs> clap, clap. So we'll be right back. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on NatCast Podcast Network. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. All right, so D-Boy. Talk to me. Let's get straight to it. I don't want to beat around the bush on this. Um, because we already introduced what it is we were going to discuss here in this segment. But straight up, I just want to ask you, what does LeBron James, being the star in this new Space Jam movie that's coming out, 
I think he'll start working on it in the summer of 2019. What does that do to his legacy in comparison to Michael Jordan's legacy? Talk to me. What it does for LeBron James is uh, further back what I said on a previous show. And although this might sound crazy because LeBron James is considered older in basketball terminology now, I think LeBron James is in his prime. I honestly do. And with that being said, I think LeBron James, in the comparison with Michael Jordan, is strengthened even more so. And when I say LeBron James is in his prime and that it strengthens uh, that argument, I say that because five years ago, we weren't, it, it wasn't even close in my eyes. We, we were talking about he was scared to take the last shot. He was too passive. He didn't have a jump shot. Am I crazy or are these things we were talking um, about? I think we knew he had potential to get there. But Right, and, and ago, I'm not taking that, but I'm saying the, it, it wasn't as strong as, as the as conversation today. As far as the comparisons today. are now, absolutely not. And that's what I mean. Expected. And definitely, we, we knew the comparison and the potential was there when he coming into the league pretty much. But He's been in the league a long time that's, that's now. What I'm <laughs> just saying we've known that about yeah. him, that he's had the potential to be one of the greatest if not the greatest absolutely but the the argument with Michael Jordan has definitely strengthened over the last few years and I think that this Space Jam movie is definitely um gonna strengthen his legacy and make it to where I'm not gonna say the movie is gonna make it to where it, it teeters and past them but in this day and age having something so monumental to the youth and the kids along with everything else he's doing Man, I, I, I think I think it's very close. Here's my here's my deal. And I think it's definitely a big deal as far as LeBron James is concerned. I do think overall that it boosts his profile. But I do think LeBron's LeBron is facing a few challenges as far as doing this movie. Such as after Michael Jordan and now having to pretty much try and surpass him. First things first is while I think LeBron can do the numbers as a star actor in this movie that Michael Jordan did, you damn right. I don't know if Le if we're gonna be able to ever call this a classic movie the way we were able to call Jordan's a classic movie, just because of where content is at today. I don't even think it's about where content is at. I think it's about, and I'm gonna give you this uh, example, and I hate to use it because in my eyes. They're closer than a lot of people might give it credit for, but it's kind of like the uh, segments of Friday. Nothing is going to beat the first Friday. Absolutely. It's classic. Right. But I think Day Day and them did a hell of a job on next Friday, I and I think 100%. that that is a classic movie as well. I agree. But it's never going to be like when Day Day, for, you miss Smokey. You feel me? Right. You're like, this dude can't, but Day Day and Mike, he nailed, just, it. He nailed <laughs> it. You <laughs> he feel nailed me? It. For so sure. I say that to say um, I'm in agreement when it comes to. Maybe the movie not being as impactful when when being talked in classical terms, but with with the culture um, and technology where it is and access where it is today, I think that it will make a big enough impact where it will definitely strengthen. Like I yeah, said, yeah, I that, do that think, and, and I do think that there's a lot of advancements in LeBron's favor. Um, I do think that you know with where technology is today, that's going to help him out a lot, but. When you compare the two, we're just talking about LeBron James and we're talking about Michael Jordan, which, like, I agree with you. When you compare Data and Smokey, that's a great comparison as well. But 
Smokey somewhat gets that edge. Yeah, I agree. Because that's what of the I'm classicness. Saying. So but, I think that's a challenge that LeBron's like but, LeBron is facing. And I agree. But what I'm saying is I think and if I want to talk about it and like transition it into a musical example in my uh own endeavors, I can basically say this. No single or one thing um single handedly does the job for you. And what I mean by that is Along with, you know, both of their um, athletic ability on the court and all of that, it's like LeBron James has other things, current things that we haven't forgot about working for him right now, such as the school he just opened. Absolutely. And so, his social once again, impact. the social impact with the youth, opening the school, his kids being youth, playing sports right now and getting a lot of coverage and press, and then having a youth role pretty much you know a role in a youth movie right i think that everything working at once for him makes everything so much more impactful but where but where i kind of disagree with that is that i do understand um his social influence and i think that ultimately it will be greater than michael jordan's but the only thing that makes this a little bit tough on that is that this is still a basketball movie so if we're going to compare the two from a basketball standpoint, yes, LeBron has many things going on outside of the sport that uplifts his name. Obviously, he's holding his weight more than enough within the sport as well to where it makes sense putting the two together. Le uh, Michael Jordan did the same thing. His was more so from a shoe perspective. Le Michael wasn't as out there socially as LeBron was, but Michael also was pretty much flawless in his basketball career. But with this being a basketball movie, while, yes, it's an entertainment aspect to it, I think you're still going to compare the two from a basketball perspective as far as this movie is concerned. Like I said, I understand the social impact that it has. Can I ask you a question? both of them are basketball players, and this is a basketball movie. Hey, so hey. if he doesn't make a better basketball movie than Michael Jordan does, that does not help his argument as far as being the GOAT is concerned. Doesn't hurt it. Ha. It can. We haven't seen the movie yet. It can hurt it. It can hurt if it. the movie now, is trash, I'm, now I'm, confident, I'm not putting enough I'm confident, weight on the movie. I'm confident that it'll be a great movie. You asked me, does it compare to legacy, right? It's a le Yeah, but yeah, more basketball legacy it, for me. And, that's what and even if you do compare legacies, so, like I said, this is still basketball against basketball right, right. now. And so but as, as, as your brother players. and as your co-host, I should know this. Do you think LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan or has a better legacy or where's your take on this? So first of all, I want to start because LeBron, going back to NBA media day, this was something that LeBron James had to say today because okay. he was asked about a lot of the business moves that he's been making or that has been announced since he's announced going to the LA Lakers, i.e. The, the HBO show, The Shop, that he has. Um, he's coming out with a Shut Up and Dribble series. Um, I believe Jamel Hill is hosting that. Now you hear this announcement that LeBron will be playing in the Space Jam movie. One thing that LeBron said, though, amongst all of this, the reasons why he made the decision to come play for the Lakers solely had to do with his family and basketball. Now, I say that to say this. LeBron is putting out there that he's a basketball player first. Even today, it came directly at his mouth. I'm a basketball player. So when I compare the two legacies, the first thought that comes to my mind 
It's the basketball court. And that's what I'm asking about. So what I'm saying is I think that Jordan still holds the crown as the greatest player of all time. On a personal level, yeah, I do think LeBron might be better than Michael Jordan. But as far as from perception, as far as me knowing who the greatest player in the sport is, you still have to say it's Michael Jordan. He's a lot less flawed than LeBron yeah, is. Fluent, he's fluent. a lot. I mean, he's, he's never lost a championship. He's got six rings to LeBron's three. I mean, there's plenty of arguments as yeah. to why Michael Jordan Dunk would be contest, the better basketball. Dunk contest, all of that. Now, when we talk about Space Jam, as I mentioned, Space Jam is a basketball movie. So if we're talking basketball and Michael Jordan ends up having more of a classic movie than Caddy, LeBron James Caddy does, is it might hurt LeBron as but, far but as being I think, I think, a better basketball player than Michael Jordan was. I think it don't hurt him, especially knowing what we know. And we came into this conversation saying we know that the first one is usually the classic. Absolutely. It's usually the best one. Absolutely. People are going to consider that, period. LeBron James is probably LeBron James is probably a better actor than the other Cuddy. So I'm gonna tell you that right now. Just trust me on that. It, it's not gonna hurt him as much. as Michael you did his thing. Now, what I will say, LeBron has in his favor is that he has Michael Coogler. Uh, I mean Ryan Coogler. I'm thinking of Michael B. Jordan, but yeah, Ryan yeah. Coogler, <laughs> who directed the uh, Black Panther movie, he's directing the Space Jam movie, and. Ryan Coogler has been nothing but a hit in the films and that he released. And he ain't going to lose, Caddy. He's been it nothing but a hit in the now. films that he released. That's what I'm trying so to So I tell do you. agree that LeBron has a lot more in his favor as far as the film industry it ain't is concerned. Go wrong. But I'm not saying it's going to go wrong. I'm confident that it'll go right. It's going to be a classic. <laughs> but I just think when you talk about this being a basketball movie, now had it been rapping or had it been something else that had nothing to do with basketball, then I think there's a little bit of a conversation there. But since we're still talking about a basketball film, if Michael Jordan has the edge on LeBron, even from a film perspective, Stop yes, it. that can hurt his argument when Stop you compare the it. two legacies. It's a wrap, Cuddy. When you compare the two legacies, that's <laughs> how I see it. So um, next up, we got the Take an L segment. Here we go, my we'll favorite. About who taking an L this week or who took an L this week. My favorite. Stay locked in. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. And we're back. And it's about that time, folks. We've been getting a lot of good feedback on this segment, obviously. I've explained it and I'll explain it again just because this is still a fairly new segment. Um, this segment is called the Taking L segment. Since we are the Wake Up and Win podcast, we often try to give you the formula to winning on whatever topic it is that we're discussing. We like to dissect things from a standpoint when you hear the conversation that we have about it and the takes that we have about these things, ultimately you come away with something after listening. Now with the Taking L segment, we're going to talk about who lost this week. And although that may sound like a negative thing and there's a negative perception that goes along with losing, sometimes losing may just be the best thing that can happen for you to ultimately become a winner. So don't always take this as criticism or as downing guys. And don't, don't take it as we're not criticizing or downing guys because that can very well be the case too. But ultimately... There's an outlook that you can take from this segment where, hey, 
yeah, this guy might have lost. How did he lose so we, he can avoid, avoid losing again and so that we, the listener, and even us, the host that's talking about it, can avoid going through some of the similar things and situations that others may, went, may have went through. Now. Well said, well said. Now. Bravo. To start it off, I got to go a little bit local here. And the Ooh, reason being, I think I know where you're going. Scratch his head. And the reason, <laughs> and the reason being is, living here in the state of Oregon, Saturday was a very, very, very distasteful big day. day. <laughs> it was a, it was that too. But before that, it was a big day. Going into Saturday, it was a very big day in the world of Oregon sports. You had the Oregon Ducks playing against Stanford, two ranked teams, the biggest game possibly on the Ducks schedule this year. Um, you had the Portland Thorns playing for a championship. Uh, you had, it was the start of Pac-12 play for the Beavers. They played against Arizona. Um, PSU played against Montana State. Um, you had some big games here. The Timbers also had a soccer game as well. Well, the unfortunate part of that was the Ducks lost to Stanford in OT. Bad. The Beavers got their tails kicked by Arizona. Sad. Portland State lost to Montana State. Mm. The Thorns lost the National Women's Soccer League Championship. Mm. And the Timbers also lost at Minnesota in soccer. <laughs> so there was a real big dark cloud over here in the state of Oregon, in the world of sports especially. And I had a bad where, migraine <laughs> on Saturday, if it helps. Where yeah. there were some big games. <laughs> And it didn't pan out well. Now, if we want to talk about what was avoidable, I didn't watch any of the other games. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I didn't watch the Thorns, didn't watch the Beavers, didn't watch PSU, nor did I watch the Timbers. But you know who I did watch? It was the Ducks. The Oregon Ducks versus Stanford. And the Ducks had several chances to win that game. They had the game. They, they had control had of the, the game. game. Here's some of the things that were at stake. Obviously, winning the game for one, their ranked team, Stanford is ranked number seven, so that would have been an upset. The Ducks probably would have jumped eight to ten spots in the rankings right. after winning that game. Huge win. They would have solidified themselves as one of the elite teams in the Pac-12 once again. And, oh, by the way, they have a quarterback by the name of Justin Herbert who was phenomenal Nominal. in regulation. Sick. Sick. He was phenomenal in regulation, and he's such a good quarterback that he's argued now as the best quarterback in the nation, and I think that very well can be true. Strong argument. I wasn't always in that – I wasn't always Strong on that bandwagon. But when you got a 6'6 quarterback that can throw the ball the way that he can throw the ball – yeah, he might out. he <laughs> might be the best quarterback in the country, especially when you only throw two incomplete passes out of 27 in regulation. The dude was phenomenal. Had they won that game, he would have been right inserted right into the Heisman conversation. But they lost, and they lost on some terrible turnovers, on some terrible uh, penalties. And so here's a few things that you can learn from them losing. If you are if you play football or if you're in the football, first things first, if you're damn near at the end zone and you're trying to just uh, get that extra inch that you need to get in the end zone, don't kick the pylon first. 
That was the first play that they lost the game. That touchdown, had he not kicked the pylon before the ball crossed the plane, the game would have been over. over. The Ducks would have won. Still. After that, what do you think happens? Oh, they snap the ball over the quarterback's head, and Stanford gets a they, – they return a fumble for 90-plus yards. A zoo. <laughs> so, don't kick the pylon. Two. Don't snap over the head. Well, yeah, don't snap over the head is another one. But if you're a running back – it is more important to hold so, on yeah, to the ball on, than to get a first down or, in some cases, a touchdown. But if you watch the Ducks game, it was all for a first down. Hold on to the ball. Protect the ball first. If you don't get the first down, have some confidence in your defense. Have some faith in your defense that they can come out and make the plays that they got to make. And not only that, when he stretched for that first down, it was on second and one. So you still had a couple more plays to try to get that one yard, okay? I don't think the coach made a bad decision in calling that play. A lot of people say that Stanford would have only had the ball for 10 to 15 seconds if he downed it, but that's still a chance for Stanford to come out and score a touchdown. If it's second and one and your offense has been rolling the way that the Ducks' offense was rolling that, that night, you run the ball right up the tackles behind, and you try to get that one yard. And if you don't get it, just don't fumble. That's all you got to do. <laughs> you don't the fumble sad, the football. The saddest part of it all is that, like I said, I had a, a bad headache that day. So I left early. But I was out in Eugene. I was at Austin. I was in the atmosphere. And it was just one of those days in Eugene where – it was a vibe. You felt like yeah. it was going to win that day. For I don't sure. know if that makes sense to you, Absolutely. but, like, just the way people, like, they always going to be up for their team. College but it was like, was it was a big situation. Yeah. It was fun. It was exciting. People was making noise before, well before the game even started. And you just knew they was going to win. So to have control of the game and lose like that, it was just – it was deflating to the city. And lastly, another thing you can learn as a fan of any sport this weekend, um, this more so goes to the Duck fans. When you lose, just don't be a poor sport about it. I understand that it can be frustrating. Sour. You can be mad. I know they're selling beer in the stands now at Alton Stadium, and that wasn't always a thing. But don't start throwing drinks and throwing stuff at the opposing team's players because they came out and won the game. And that's basically what they came to do <laughs> was to win the game. Like I said, I understand the Don't frustration. Don't blame it on the refs either. Yeah, yeah, that too. Don't blame it on the refs when you had three turnovers to their zero. Just doesn't quite work in your favor. Sorry. So that's who <laughs> I got taking the L is Oregon sports. But the game that I watched was the Ducks, and they took a major L. So what you got this week, D-Boy? So we're going to transition it over to music since we just covered uh, sports in the taking L segment. For sure. To begin with. But uh, I'm going to get interesting with it in a uh, – Basically, say that my taking L um, segment is going to cover Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem diss. Ah. And as you should know, and if you don't know, Eminem is definitely in my top five artists of all time. Definitely, without a doubt. Eminem is in my top five. Yes, Makes I said sense. that. Makes sense. Um. The man lost in that uh he took an L in that in that battle. And and let me give me a second to let me really explain myself. As Machine Gun Kelly said in his disc, 
Eminem is solidified. He's in a lot of guys' top five or top ten. I forgot which reference he used. It was definitely a top spot, though. And um, losing to Machine Gun Kelly on this one-to-one -one song, if you want it, what was it? Uh, rap, what was it rap called? Devil, uh, rap Devil, rap Devil and Kill Shot. Yeah, so if you want to compare just song to song, it holds not much weight at all. Obviously, since forever... As consumers, we like rap beef and it's entertainment and all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, he was battling Machine Gun Kelly. It's not going to make or break him being a top artist. It's not going to make or break anything he's done for music, for hip-hop, for any of that. But as an artist and as a fan, I listen to both songs through and through thoroughly. And Eminem did not have a better song, he did not have a better beat, and he did not have better content. And so, as an artist, I'm going to tip my hat to Machine Gun Kelly to be able to even, for me to be able to speak that in a sentence, I think is, you know, gratifying or should be gratifying for him. So, like I said, doesn't mean much, but if we want to compare song for song, um, Eminem, you took that L this week. What you think? I, I think Eminem took the L as well. Just because I, I could think, be crazy. Just because although the legacies can't be compared as far as the two rappers are concerned. Right. With that being said, when you're Eminem, you're held to a higher standard to kill the guy on a record, on a diss record. Coming did. from the era you come from, being that your le your legacy is greater, you're expected to do more. I don't think he did much more as far as damage is concerned. He, and he didn't even win, let alone kill, win. right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think he won either. So with that, yeah, I definitely agree that Eminem took that L. But since we're talking about music, usually we both each do one topic. But since we're talking about music, I got a bone to pick. With who? You might be surprised by this, but I got a bone to pick with the culture. What happened? Here's why. It was announced last week that Maroon 5 will be performing at the Super Bowl during halftime. Maroon right, 5 heard about that. is doing a halftime performance. Now. Not Cardi B? Now. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> the Super Bowl is being held in Atlanta next year. If some of you, I mean, definitely those who are into hip hop, they know that Atlanta is kind of taking over as, as, we can say as the hottest city in music right now in today's Pop. day and age. Definitely, as far as hip hop is concerned, Pop. Atlanta is the go to <laughs> spot. And we all know that hip hop is the number one stream music genre in the world like that. So that's a big deal for right. Atlanta as a city. Popping. Now, with that being said, you had people like Bruno Mars come out earlier this year. And he said that the Super Bowl or the NFL or whoever it is that's making the decisions on who's performing at the NFL needs to take in consideration Atlanta rappers such as Gucci Mane and T.I. because the Super Bowl will see a party that it's never seen before. I'm not mad at that statement at all. Agreed. Here's what I'm mad at. I'm a big-time Maroon 5 fan. Sorry. <laughs> They are very deserving. Sorry. Of they deserve it. I'm a big time Maroon 5 fan. And I don't think nobody was necessarily saying that Maroon 5 doesn't deserve to be performing at the Super Bowl. I think people were marked more so trying to say that 
there does need to be a little bit more culture performing at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you can't obviously, we know. Obviously, we know where the NFL currently stands right now when it comes to these athletes, and it's not in a good place. So they're going to be criticized about yeah. everything that they do. So when you don't have any hip hop hip hop artists performing in Atlanta during the Super Bowl, yeah, the NFL is open for criticism. But what I'm saying is this. I'm a whole lot more happy about Maroon 5 performing than I am worried about a hip-hop artist not performing. That's just me. I think we got to give Maroon 5 a bit more credit than that could, because they're that good sonically. I could disagree because I feel like it's a statement in a lot of ways with the NFL, um, with hip-hop rap being the number one genre Absolutely. in the world. For that not to be entertainment on the biggest stage is crazy to me. Um, I definitely think Maroon 5 is deserving of performing on a platform as big as the Super Bowl. But uh, like Bruno Mars said, in a time where so many Atlanta artists are at the top of their game in the hip-hop industry in general, and it being in Atlanta and where things are, I think that would have been a good look for the NFL. Yeah. And I don't think that the culture took an L with this. It's no denying. And I, it's no I expect denying. it and agree that you should feel some type of way. Yeah, it's no denying that corporations are slow when it a little bit slower when it comes to these kind of decisions and being on pace with what's trendy and what's happening in the world as far as our generation is concerned, as far as millennials are concerned, who are in place and position now to take over just about all things that are happening in this day and age. But my problem is I just needed Maroon 5 to get a little bit more respect in that. I understand the argument. What Bruno Mars said makes a lot of sense. But there's some bias here. But I think Maroon 5 is a top five. I would consider them to be a boy band of all time. I agree. I, I think they're a top five boy band of all time. So right. with that being said... It's more of a personal thing with me. Right. I'm when I heard he really the news. Liked him, when I heard the news, he was juiced. I was juiced he that played the whole soundtrack, man. man. This, this love Sunday <laughs> maps, whatever you there name it. All that, all that. You see, I all of that. I'm a Maroon Five fan, so for me, I was just a little disappointed that. Not enough people were necessarily happy, at least from the culture, were necessarily happy that Maroon 5 was performing. I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense. I get it. Trust me, I want to see these hip-hop artists perform, too. I pretty much only listen to hip-hop. That's the genre of music that I'm most fond of. But when it comes to Maroon 5, yeah, you can pretty much say I'm a fan. Now, as far as Cardi B is concerned, um, I think it's interesting what she has going on because... She's gonna come. She's gonna perform at the Super Bowl and right now. Supposedly they're in negotiations. She's talking her shit a little bit. What did she say? What did she tweet out and she say? She tweeted out and said like that she getting a lot of offers uh, for February. So she's trying to <laughs> make the best decision. And you know the Super Bowl is in February. Right, so right. So she's it's, big it's time. Funny, in, yeah. She's big time in the NFL in the moment where the NFL deserves to be big time. Right. I get it. But she's performing anyway because they got that. She has that girls like you record with Maroon Five, and if you think that she's not gonna come out and perform that record with Maroon Five You're on that crazy. big of a stage after she just had to skip going on tour for uh, definitely a, a, the right reason, she just had a child, she became a mother, but she had to skip the Bruno Mars tour. She hasn't been able to do what it is that she wanted to do as far as the music is concerned, especially after she had just gotten super, super hot. She got pregnant. 
I'm congratulations. Right. But but still, there's things that she wants to accomplish as far as music is concerned to where I think that was more of a stunt than it was her really being serious and saying that she's got a bunch of offers in February. And she may have offers, but none of them match the one that she's going to have being able to perform right. alongside Maroon 5 at a Super Bowl after all of the elements that I just mentioned. So I, I like what she did there. <laughs> I definitely do. I do think the NFL deserves it. The NFL has put themselves in a position to where they're going to be criticized about everything vulnerable, now. Vulnerable. They're going to be vulnerable to everything now because uh, – obviously leading the charge this Colin Kaepernick situation but if you continue to dig deeper the Khalil Max of the world the Le'Veon Bells of the world as I mentioned Vontae Davis retiring right dead smack in the middle of the game you see a lot of these athletes losing respect for the NFL as a league now you're starting to see the fan base lose respect for the NFL as a league so now everything every little thing they do is going to get criticized but ultimately I'm a Maroon 5 fan, baby. <laughs> there they go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, D-Boy, promote yourself. Let them know where to find you. Man. Tell them about the EP, too. Yeah, Leo EP out everywhere. It's still new, fresh off the press, so go check that out. It's on all streaming platforms, wherever you play your music. It is there. That's D-B-O-I, not a Y. And then L-T-D. That's also my social media, D-B-O-I, L-T-D. Check me out. And I'm Devon Pouncey. You can type that in if you like. But also, I'm Pounce underscore Sation on Instagram and Twitter. As I mentioned before, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. Um, be sure to go check out our phenomenal lineup at That Cast Network. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast, and we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.